Welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and my other podcast, the Frank Posen Big Bad Podcast. Schwan, you're making a lot of noise there. You're making a lot of noise there. Okay, uh, I'll make less. All right. So let's get started. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about here. So let's get started with uh, Saturday's UFC show. Uh, all three uh, women's fights were flyweight. Um, the first one, we have Caitlin Chukagian won over uh, Viviani Araujo by unanimous decision. This was an awful judge's decision. They totally blew it. All right. And I want to start by talking about how uh, round one was scored, okay? So the way I scored it was 10-9 for Viviani. She was more active. She landed more punches. And, you know, uh, that's the only way you could score it. Uh, Schwan, how did you score it? Uh, I would have said that she won the first round. Okay. So I thought she all the-, the more punches, I thought she landed the more impactful punches volume yeah well all three judges scored a 10-9 for Caitlin so uh, the way to explain that is Caitlin has a fighting style that is deliberately designed by Mark Henry to fool idiot judges because it's happened am I correct in saying that this has happened before with her Yes, they have figured out. They've figured out the system. Yeah. So the thing is, look, I, I don't believe in a win is a win. All right. And the reason I don't believe in it is just because Caitlin won that fight because of idiot judges. It doesn't make her a great fighter. It makes her a deceptive fighter. Okay. And and I'll, we'll get to the judges in a minute. Okay. So here it is. We're sitting there watching this fight, and we're thinking Viviani won the fight, well, won the first round, and she wasn't given the first round by any of those guys. Okay? So, you know, it's just ineptitude, that's all. It's the same thing with the second round. In the second round, uh, Viviani, I think, won the fight 10-9. What about you, Schwan? Uh, second round, I wasn't so sure. I, I thought it might have even been a tie just because later in the second round, Chukagan seemed to be coming on, and, and Vivian was see, seemed to be fading. And she yeah, was impactful. Well, except that the, she had a ground control for most of the round. And, um, you know, look at I well, just, well, not, to me, I'm not the biggest ground control, unless it's like literally like if it's a fighter who historically has had issues with it or is just so dominant. If, if it's ground control, to me, it's got to be like, Essentially, like it's almost gonna be Michelle Waterson, Angela Hill. You took her down, and that was it for the rest of the round. And and Caitlin got back up and landed some good shots after that. She did, but it wasn't enough. Okay, it was. It wasn't enough. It was. If if you score that for now, uh, two of the three judges actually scored that for Viviani, and the third judge, we'll get to him in a minute, scored it for Caitlin. And I will say this: that is called round stealing. And it's something that judges are not supposed to do because they've been told not to do it. 
and they do it anyway. Okay. Now round three was more cut and dry because Caitlin won that round ten to nine. You know, Viviani got tired. Blah 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 blah. Right. So in the end, so after the fight is over, people say to me, "Oh, well, it was in Texas." Well, I got news for you guys. Two of the three judges who scored that fight are guys that we normally see in Vegas, and that's uh, uh, Marco Rosales and Chris Lee. The third judge is a Texas guy. He also rest a couple of matches, if I remember correctly. And there's no excuse for those guys to be that stupid. They're experienced judges. They're supposed to do better than that, and they just didn't. Okay, so for me, it was 29-28 for Viviani. He scored it the same way. And there's no, they're just, it's just awful judging, you know. That's really, I, I, I can, I can agree with the judging, but it's, and I said this on Twitter, and I, I've said this a lot because I'm, a, I'm a longtime boxing fan, and Sugar Ray Leonard is one of the first people who, who developed, who popularized stealing rounds. And if you, if you know your MMA history, where does Mark Henry's come from? Boxing. So this makes perfect sense to me. And I've told, I've told fighters this before. I can't name the fighters because they probably listen to the show and be offended. I had fighters who had fights, and they're like, I won that fight. I did this more damage. I had this more control, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, I understand that. And I agree with you. But the fact of the matter is, in the fight, a story was told. You land, you, let's say you landed more. You were more dominant in the first round. And even let's say you were dominant in the second round. The thing about Caitlin Chukagan's style is she misses a lot, but she's not a big puncher. A judge, and a judge should be smarter than this. I agree with you. But the fact of the matter is fights tell stories. You're telling me you landed more offense. You have better positions. You're the bigger, stronger person, more athletic person. And yet after all that offense you landed, my pace hasn't slowed. My movement hasn't slowed. My volume hasn't slowed. Supposedly you're doing all the damage, but why are you the one getting tired? Why at the end of the fight are you the one backing up? Why are you within the fight not able to get takedowns? Why are you the one about chasing me? Why at the end of the second round, after you took me down, since you won the first round, clearly, how did I get back up in the second round and then have you backed up? I'm not even a power puncher. I'm not saying it's technically right on the techni- technicalities of it. You are 100% correct. But judges aren't, they're not robots. They're humans. They'll go along with the flow. And at the end of the fight, at the, no, 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 at the end of the second round, you saw Caitlin get up bigger, stronger. You, you describe them as humans. They're not humans. They're morons. That that may be true, but they're seeing it. Okay. At the end of the second round, you see Caitlin Chukagan, who's not very powerful, get back up. And then you see this, the bigger, stronger girl, and she's backing up. She's getting a little stumbled. She's getting backed up. Caitlin's volume is going up. In the third round, Caitlin's volume is through the roof. And the yeah, one who's the, been... The, the only pro- you know, look, at the only problem with this theory... Let the fans the hear only- this. At the end of the round, the bigger, stronger person, her volume's down... Her powers don't care. The same. Her power isn't the same. She's not taking shots the same. And a smaller girl who was running from you during the fight is now backing you up and running you down. In their minds, the story is told that now this person is losing the fight. She's lost control okay. of the fight. Maybe she never had control of the fight because none of the damage she did earlier has maintained control in the fight. A lot of judges go through that. I've talked to them. A lot of ju- judges have that thought process. Listen. The problem wasn't with the second or third round. It was with the first round. Okay? Yeah. No. Okay? So, Kate, here's the deal. Here's the deal. No, 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 no. Listen. Just listen. 
you're saying it's based on volume. Well, the problem with that is she throws a lot of punches, but 90% of them miss. You were very correct. How How can you not see that? How can they not see that? A lot, a lot of people, and this happens in boxing too, a lot of people will favor volume over accuracy. If you throw they're 15 not, punches... They're not, you, suppo- and you, they're not supposed and you, to do that. That may be true. Let's listen. They're not supposed to do that. The judges are well aware. guy like Rosales, who's the real culprit here, he's been around for years, okay? He knows he's not supposed to do that. Okay, and what happens a lot of times, people always ask me, well, what do they do about it? Well, they don't do anything in public because they can't. But I can tell you that when this happened last time it happened in Vegas, okay, Bob Bennett is the director of the Nevada State Athletic Commission. He talked to those guys and told them to knock it off. He talks to them all the time, telling them, you got to stop doing that. It makes us look bad. You know, and that's what he's going to do here. He's going to talk to Rosales and tell him to stop doing that. Can't you see that you're getting fooled? And no, here's another thing. No, no. no. Hasn't this girl been around long enough that they should have a book on her? They should. But people people have inherent biases. That, that's just throughout everything. Yeah. They're not. Schwan. 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 Yes. They're not supposed to. They're, of course they're not supposed to, but that's going to happen. And that's when fighters, well. there's fighters who favor certain things. So the fighters are just as full of shit as the judges are. There's fights where I've seen a, a fighter get eight takedowns in a round. They didn't do any damage and fighting them. That's all right. They gave the round to well. them. Based off of what? Takedown? A meaningless Anyways. takedown gets you points. But my, uh, and ultimately, I don't, I understand your point a hundred percent. But there's people out there who, who don't understand how Caitlin Chukagan keeps winning. They don't understand judging. They don't understand fighting. And they don't understand what Mark Henry's doing. I'm explaining to them the way they're going so that they understand. So now you can look for it and you'll say, oh, man, Shawan called this out. That's exactly what's happening. If I look at it from that perspective, that's exactly what happens. The only problem I, I know what it is. I, listen, I know exactly what it is. It's a deliberate attempt. It's a deliberate attempt by Mark Henry to fool idiots, to fool he's idiot out. judges. He's out. This is this is essentially the same thing. But Holly Holm, in, in theory, this is what Holly Holm did to, to, to Cyborg when she was the fight was considered close when Holly Holm got dominated. The thing about it is Viviana's team, and everybody knows what Caitlin Chugain's doing. Jessica, I figured out an answer for it. Valentina, Valentina Shevchenko figured out an answer for it. Viviana Araj, how do you say her name? Arajal? I can't say it right. Araujo. Araujo. Her team did not have a good strategy, and she did not execute if they did. She should have been body head punches, attack the legs all fight long. She's a big enough puncher. She would have broke her down, but she got away from it trying to go head strikes. She, she started missing. She started wearing herself out, and she gave Caitlin an opportunity to get back in the fight. Even on the ground, she should have been punishing her to the body. She she didn't fight yeah. the smart fight. She, she the only left. problem. Okay, listen. The only problem with that is she won the first two rounds. That's the only problem. I understand that, but I'm saying this: How did Jessica? How did Jessica? I managed to do it, and Valentina. And then we're going to say got robbed. Two fighters have beaten Caitlyn. In fact, three. Jessica and Drush stopped the two. So that's three people. Three people figured out what she's doing. For some reason, Viviana could not. 
That's what I'm saying. She, to me, she didn't fight a smart fight. Uh, I actually think she did figure it out in round one. It's just that for some reason it didn't register with the judges as it should have. I don't know. In my opinion, if she's got pretty heavy shots, if she's really if she's really teeing off to the body and the legs like that, in the second round, Caitlin can't get back up. Caitlin doesn't have well, you any know power how it is. You know how it is. You got to catch up with her, and it's tough to catch up with her sometimes. You know, she's running so much, right? What are you going to chase her around the cage? I just, that's, I, that's even I, stupider. I, I think I think you have a very statement, but I also think in my, if I was training Vivian, I would have had her do a couple things different. I think she would have got a better result. That's just me, though. No, I I don't think so because she, uh, she's a better fighter. She, she did a bit. She, she she did a better job in round one, and she just didn't get credit for it. You know, yeah, and, and that's two, all because of that's all because of deception, and it's. I mean, in a lot of cases, it's dishonest, but it's part of the game. That's fine. It's just that fans don't like it. It makes the, the Nevada State Athletic Commission, who supplied the judges, look like a bunch of dopes. And Bennett doesn't like that. So that's why he ends up talking to the judges about this sort of thing. I, I, I still get that, and I, I'm fine with that. But I'm like, if Caitlin Chukagan was undefeated, then I'd be like, oh, she's always getting over but. Fighters have figured it out and they've stopped it. Viviana did not. She didn't. They didn't. She enough. Let's go on to the next one. The next one is Andrea Lee beat Antonita Shevchenko by uh, submission at the end of the second round. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen Andrea Lee go for a takedown? Uh, I can't really recall that she does that. Well, she did in this fight. So how do I how do we explain that? Well, she's training now. She's been training in Colorado Springs with uh, Tisha Torres and um, Raquel Pennington, and they sent her down to um, MMA Gold in El Dorado Hills, California, and that's uh, Dave West. And who do you think the number one fighter is there? It's Aspen Ladd. So maybe. Andrea Lee always had these skills, but she didn't have the confidence to use them. Remember, she used to train with her husband, who, by the way, is sitting in a jail cell right now for abuse, right? Yes. Okay. So maybe she just didn't have the confidence to use those skills. Okay. Um, well, you know, she didn't. So I, that's an issue with her training. So maybe the training's gotten better. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Aspen Ladd. Do you think maybe she had a lot to do with this? Um, you would think so. I mean, when you, my, I, I thought we talked about by the way, this last by week. By the way, by the way, Mary and Renault also trains there. Yeah, we talked about this last week, and, and Mary Renault is a very good finisher when she can get the fight where she wants it to. Um, we talked about this last week, and the biggest question I had was how quickly would KGB be able to make the adjustment? Because usually it takes a fight camp or two for you to make an adjustment. For you to really have faith in what you're doing, most cases, she seemed to make an adjustment uh, very quickly. In fact, the way she fought was kind of like a mix of Tisha Torres and um, and uh, Aspen Ladd, kind of using a lot of volume the takedowns. Before, she would just throw volume move around. This time, she was using the volume to set, set up entries for the takedowns. And um, maybe that was just a that was a part of her skills that hadn't been a. Uh, Hadn't been hadn't been seen, so I don't know that Antonina could have been prepared for this because it was pretty right. much the opposite of what she's done her entire career. 
Well, you know, I always say about this, when somebody does something that they haven't done before, we got to see them do it again. So that's yeah. what I'm going to say about that. It, it was uh, a as bad far as Ant- for Well, the problem with Antonina is, you know, she's not a USC caliber fighter. She's basically there to keep her sister company. She's not, but the UFC was giving her opportunities to fight win streak. I mean, this there was a chance that if she won this fight, she could at least be, be considered a fringe top 10 type person. And they, they were serving people up for her. For her to lose this fight, which should have been a showcase fight for her on a big card, it's a really bad look. I mean, you know the truth about her, and I, I know the truth about her to an extent, but it's still a very bad look. A girl who's lost, what, two, three fights in a row, and then she comes in and not just submits you, but pretty much dominates you the entirety of the fight, on the feed and on the ground. Okay. Now, the third fight, we're talking about uh, Priscilla Cachera beat um, Gina Mazzani, uh, late second round TKO. And what this comes down to is one very bad call by referee Mike Beltran because Gina was winning this fight and all of a sudden Mike Beltran stood them up and there was no reason for a stand-up. And, you know, it just changed the fight because obviously – uh, it rejuvenated Priscilla, but it never should have been. It never should have been stood up. It was a very bad call, and it's just unfortunate. Yeah, it, I'm not going to lie. That was a bad call. They shouldn't have stood him up. Um, if she didn't finish her in the second round, I, I tend to believe, and I don't, I don't know this for sure. I tend to believe in the third round, the fight would have ended the same way. Mazzani was gassing badly, and she looked a little bit better, more efficiently. She seemed more intelligent. But it's like I said, a lot of her success is based on being able – her success in her previous fight at that weight class was able to physically dominate somebody. At no point was she able to just physically dominate and manhandle um, and manhandle Cachoeira. She got her down and stuff, but it wasn't like she could just control – Cachoeira was working the whole time. And essentially, Mazzotti just gassed. Well, I don't know. Listen, the same thing her, she did to Dodson. We'll never know, but if, uh, if he hadn't done that, she would have won the first two rounds – and then, you know, Priscilla really needs a finish. And keep in mind that, you know, maybe she's a lot better in the third round after, you know, after the break, right? So yeah. who knows, right? But the point yeah. is, it was a very poor call. Beltran's a veteran ref, so he knows better. And I think what will probably, what will prob- what probably happen is somebody will, somebody, one of the other refs probably will tell him, listen, Mike, that was a really bad call that you made there. Maybe you should take another look at it. And he'll look at it and he'll realize that it, it wasn't a very good call. It's just yeah, a no, bad I, call. I agree with that 100%. But I was like, and, and I don't want to overshadow that. That was a bad call that gave Catchaware the opportunity she needed. Um, the only reason I say anything else is because, A, bad calls happen all the time in the fight game. And it sucks, but you—I mean, people get kicked and kicked, poked in the eye. The fight keeps going, kicked in the balls. The fight keeps going, up kicked illegally. The fight keeps. Sometimes it happens, and you have to be able to. Ju- I mean, there's people who, who think they knock somebody out, and the refs like, "No, we got to keep fighting." So mentally, you you got to flip that switch. My, I just wanted to highlight to the people who listen to the show and fans of the sport, Mazzani showed improvement, but the biggest weapon Mazzani has is her physicality and durability. And in this fight, she was fighting a person who's not super technical but a person who's also very physical and very durable. So she, she was never able to rest. She had to work the whole time. And that's not, she, and that wasn't something I don't think she was prepared for. But won the second round as well. I still think she was going to be a gas. She's not used to working in that pace. That pace is totally normal for catch aware. 
every fight you fight at is very high pace. Yeah, like I said, I'm not going to worry about it too much because we'll, we're, the, the call was so bad that we're never going to know anyway. All right. Now, let's go on. First of all, we have tomorrow night, uh, we have Bel- – we have uh, – sorry, Belfort. I'm going to get to Belfort in a minute. We have um, Invicta. Okay, we have an Invicta show, and um, as talked about a while back, Invicta was purchased recently by uh, Anthem Entertainment. Anthem is based in Toronto. They are owned by the Asper family. They uh, also own uh, Impact Wrestling, and uh, they own Access TV in the U.S. and the Fight Network in Canada. So they bought Access TV fairly recently, and so obviously they're looking for content for their network. So let me talk about how this is going to air. The prelims are going to start at 7 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook, okay? And then at 8 p.m., there's going to be four matches. So it should be over by 10 p.m. And um, the, the show will air in the U.S. on Access TV and in Canada on the Fight Network. And in the rest of the world, it's also going to air on YouTube and Facebook. Okay? So there's six matches in total. Two of them are title matches. So we, I, we're just going to talk about the two title matches because um, – the other fights, mostly fighters that we're not familiar with. So the first one is uh, at uh, uh, flyweight. It is uh, Martina Rodriguez uh, versus um, uh, Diana Torcado. And Martina Rodriguez is from Mexico, not to be confused with Marina Rodriguez. Martina Rodriguez is from Mexico. And we've seen her in Invicta before. I mean, last her last fight out, she lost to um, Vanessa Porto for the title, okay, into 2019. Uh, Diana Torcado uh, is a teammate of Marina Rodriguez at Thai Brazil in Florianopolis, okay? So uh, do I think either fighter should be fighting for a title? Not really, <laughs> but that's the way it is at Invicta, I suppose. Yeah, I, I one thing about Invicta, I really wish – at some point, they, they'd be able to maintain some of their talent so there could be some real depth and these girls could have a chance to, we talked about this before, these girls would have a chance to really progress in their skill sets and their experience before they go to a big show and so that they would actually be somewhat prepared. But everybody uses Invicta as a stepping stone and it hurts the product and it hurts the younger fighters trying to come up because they don't, have, they don't get enough exposure to the professionalism, the experience and the skill and, and talent of fighters who've been in the big show. Even if they were not elite fighters, they're still two or three levels above Invicta. And Invicta just can't seem to, to keep people to help improve their product and improve the fighters coming out of it. It's starting to look bad because everybody comes from Invicta and goes to UFC or Bellator and gets smoked and comes right back. And that's a bad look for Invicta. They've got to find a way to maintain their talent, build it, and develop it. Okay. Uh, the second title fight, which is at Adam Weight, is Alicia Zapatella. Ah, yes. Alicia Zapatella uh, versus, uh, I can't remember the name now. Uh, it's a Brazilian girl. Uh, Trains at PRVT. Another Trains one? PRV- yeah, another one. Trains at PRVT. Uh, but I'm ex- I, I, it doesn't matter. I expect Alicia to win the fight. I, I, I think she's a pretty good fighter, at least for an atom weight. Uh, yeah, I, I think she's got a lot. 
I think she's she's a very good athlete. She's got punching power. She's a very good wrestler. I would hope that her I'm really still hoping that her striking gets a little bit a little bit because I feel like until she gets that really set up, she's gonna have problems when she can't just physically dominate a fighter. And when the and the few times yeah. she's faced people, she couldn't physically dominate, that lack of striking got her got her beat up in, in fights she's won and it's got her stopped in fights she's lost. Well, Schwann, she's somebody that I think at some point would probably benefit from leaving her hometown in in Michigan. She trains there at Scorpion and goes someplace else. I'm not yeah. crazy about that. I'm not crazy about that dojo. I uh, I've worked. I've talked to the guy who's. I used to know a guy who trained there. I talked to the head guy there before about uh, Amanda Bobby Cooper. A couple fights she was in, and I was just kind of letting him know some stuff that was going to happen. And I don't think he paid attention to any of it because she got smoked in the very same way I told him was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they have amount of bodies. They have a limited. They have a hard cap on the spar the talent sparring. And I think she needs to be in a room where people are consistently able. To them in and punish her for the mistakes she makes and i don't know that they have anybody in that gym who can consistently do that which means there's she's plateauing as a fighter and she doesn't size and enough athleticism to just be at a plateau at this moment in my opinion all right now we also have tomorrow night we have bellator okay so let me just briefly talk about that it overlaps partially with the uh, um with the invictus show so uh, the Bellator prelims, which I think start at like 6.30 or something like that, they will uh, be on YouTube. And then at 9 p.m., the main card will be on Showtime in the U.S. And um, I think the BBC iPlayer in England. And other than that, every place else, it's going to be on YouTube. So the main event here, of course, is Chris Cyborg versus Leslie Smith for the uh, featherweight championship. And the one thing I wanted to point out is that uh, though the, the shows overlap, Invictus should be over by the time that fight happens, okay, because that's the main event. And that's going to happen about an hour after the Invictus show ends. I don't see any way that Leslie Smith wins this fight. There's just no way. She's lost to her before. She doesn't have the size to handle her. And that's it. Uh, Cyborg will beat her probably in about a minute. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I expect it to be a little bit more, com little bit more um, competitive just for the fact that Cyborg is more of a safety first fighter now than she was back then. She's going to stick the jab. She's going to make sure she has clean entries. She'll get in the clinch and assert control before she just starts throwing bombs nowadays. She's a little, she tries to be more defensively responsible and offensively efficient. So if Leslie Smith really comes out guns blazing, she'll have she'll land some shots. She'll get some work done. Unfortunately, the athleticism or the physicality really hurt Cyborg or really overwhelm her. So eventually, Cyborg's just going to chop her down. And um, I guess if she wants to ramp it up, she'll stop. Otherwise, she'll go by a decision. But to be fair, Cyborg isn't the same fighter she was a year ago, two years ago. She's got to be a lot more defensively responsible. But she still should be Leslie Smith. Leslie Smith won't give up. She'll make, a, she'll make a fight of it, but she shouldn't win. And if she does win, it's pretty much over for Chris. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Valerie Laredo, uh, Bellator's later, latest poster girl, is uh, yeah. on this show as well. She'll be on the main card. But that fight will, will – uh, when that fight happens, I think Victor is still going to be on. Yeah, so i got to yeah, be watching Victor. I, I really wish they would have 
I think did Valerie Laredo and Heather Hardy fight in the same weight class, correct? Heather Hardy is not uh, fighting him anymore. No, I, I understand, but I was just curious that they fought in the same weight class. Because yes. the, the only reason I asked this is with Heather Hardy, I feel even though she's didn't improve, there was ways to build on her. And I'm just hoping they don't mishandle Laredo because obviously she needs to get better. Obviously she fights better competition. But in the meantime, you need to be taking full advantage of her star power and her attractiveness to really get a return on your investment and help her boost her career. Because one of the big things people have against you is they don't help build fighters. That's one thing Bellator could actually separate themselves with, especially in, the, in regards to women fighters. If they show that they're dedicated to building fighters and women fighters brands, that could give them a leg up over the UFC. So they really need to be careful in how they handle her and pretty much how they handle everybody. I just don't know that they care enough to do it. Okay, let's move on to Saturday's UFC show. And first of all, we've got a big fight in the strawweight division. We've got Yan Chonan versus um, Carla Esparza. And this is a big fight in the strawweight division. Uh, Yan, of course, is from China. I can't remember the name of the guy who coaches her, but he used to fight in the UFC back around 2012. She's also a teammate of uh, Li, Li Yangyi. Okay? So she's a striker, and she's 6-0 in the UFC. So she's uh, been really good lately, especially. Uh, Carla, she used to be a, a strawweight champ. Uh, she trains uh, with Colin Oyama in um, California. Uh, she's a wrestler primarily. She wrestled in college. And, um, you know, recently she's been a lot better. And that really coincides with when she had the shoulder surgery. So she's really improved since she uh, got that dealt with because it was really hurting her. Okay. So, I mean, I think this is going to be a really good fight. I'm looking forward to it. But I'm telling people, don't sleep on Yan Chonan just because you're more familiar with Carla. I think I think a lot of people actually expect Carla to lose because and they expect it to and they want her to. Um, Yan is she's very well conditioned. She's a very intelligent striker. She strikes in layers. She has uh, a attention to detail as far as her entries and her exits are pretty clean. And she's and she fights at a high pace. So if you're a type of fighter who, who gets overwhelmed easily or tires easily, uh, you're going to have a hard time with her. Ask, um, ask uh, Claudia Gadelia. You can't afford yeah, a gas a fighter like that. The one concern I have her is actually a two concerns for her. One, as a fighter, even in the UFC, she hasn't ever been forced to go to a plan B. She's essentially been able to do variations of her plan mm-hmm. fight. Her opponents, they haven't been able to adjust. They don't have the skill set or they don't have the IQ to adjust. And secondly, she's not a spectacular. I don't know that if she's losing a fight, that she can just turn around one shot or just get out of bad spot using athleticism. Against Carla Esparza, you're fighting someone better fighters as far as IQ, who's always well conditioned and who's fought a variety of styles and, and pretty much elite athleticism the whole time. Carla Esparza can switch game plans. Carlos Barza can switch and make adjustments. So I need to know what's going to happen to Jan with, if she has to go to a plan B. Does she have a plan B? If the fight well, doesn't go her it, happens this to is, this, the, the, we're gonna We may find out. But, yeah, who knows, right? Listen, it's a, I it, feel it's like... Valid, no, it is a valid question, though, correct? It's a valid question, but who the hell knows? I don't. And, and 
Yeah, well, I don't know. I, the, this is the whole point. The point is Carla is supposed to be an elite fighter. Yan Chonan, we think, is an elite fighter. So we're going to find out who's really an elite fighter here. And the winner of this probably goes on to face Marina Rodriguez, I would expect. Okay. Uh, whoever whoever and, wins the hell out of Marina Rodriguez. I would think so. Now, okay. I, think, I think one key thing here with, with Yan Chonan is I think she's got really good coaching. Yes. Okay. Now, I, I can't pronounce I can't pronounce the guy's name even. Even if I remembered his name, I couldn't pronounce it. But this is a guy who used to be in the UFC, fought in the UFC back in 2012. And uh, you know, the guy deserves a lot of credit. He's going out and he's building a team because he's got other fighters in the UFC. Yeah, she she fights she fights in a very she li- obviously listens to his coach. The fight plan is obviously well structured. The, the the style they've set up for her is one that isn't quite easy to figure out. You have to have a certain amount of poise and you have to have a certain amount of awareness to navigate what she dishes out. And and I think he's done an excellent job with her. But the same thing in coaching fighters or coaching other athletes that I can say for a fact is you can give somebody a very good game plan. You you could tell them all the counters and stuff that are coming. But until until they're in a fight where they have to legitimately deal with the counters and pay a price for the mistakes they make, it's really hard to it's really hard to in to communicate how important it is to be de- detailed in certain aspects of it. If Yan wins it, she'll probably get Rodriguez next. But even if she loses it, it's not going to be a terrible loss. This is a potential chance to, for her to break through as a lead. On the other end, for Carla, it's a chance to give Yan the uh, the veteran loss when you face a veteran who just has the seasoning experience and conditioning to figure out and essentially just outsmart you. So either way, this loss isn't tremendously damaging to either one. Carla's coming off like a four or five win streak. Jan's on a win streak. So it doesn't hurt anybody tremendously, especially in this division. But um, I, I just really want to see what happens when she experiences some pushback because against Kovacavich, none. Angela Hill, none. Kondo, none. None. Gadelia, a little bit. But Gadelia just fights the same way all the time. But Gadelia fights like an idiot too. So this is her first time facing a smart and versatile. Let's see how what she does against it. Exactly. Okay, the other fight on this, I'm not as interested in. Uh, it was supposed to be. It's a. It's You're a supposed to be interested in all of them. Sorry. You're supposed to be interested in all of them. That is the point of the show, sir. Yeah, yeah, I know. It was supposed to be uh, um, Felicia Spencer versus uh, Danielle Wolf, a boxer who was supposed to make her UFC debut, uh, but she got injured, and instead we get Norma Dumont. Okay, so I expect Felicia to win pretty easily because I don't think Norma Dumont is any good. And then I hope she makes weight. You know, <laughs> she weighed in at 147 a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's not good. That's so, really, it's really unprofessional. Really, just it's a bad look. It's really unprofessional. And if she misses weight again, I, I don't know. I mean, but the thing is, she's in a division that most people don't care about, and she's not a very popular fighter. Well, so this, what I, this, this is what I'm talking about. This is why I don't care about it. It's like I said, need to get rid of the featherweight division, okay? That's it. All right? And, and, and now, there was supposed to, th- there was supposed to be a third fight, but it got canceled. Okay? So, 
that's about it. Uh, now, uh, anything else uh, you want to talk about? I was just going to mention, um, can't, can't come up with her name in my head. She used to be a straw weight. She's going to move. Uh, she's been injured for a couple of years. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so, uh, neck injury. Oh, Tatiana Suarez, your homegirl. Tatiana Suarez announced uh, the other day. I just couldn't remember her name for a second. Tatiana Suarez announced a couple of uh, uh, days ago that she is uh, now cleared to fight and that she's going to return at flyweight. And she's big enough that she can do that. What do you think, Sean? I'm still going to – I mean, did she have surgery? Like, would it would, – would No. Not I'm that just I'm aware of. I'm just curious. I, I hope it, I hope her neck's 100%, but it's like when you haven't had surgery, haven't had some kind of pro- procedure done, I'm vi- very curious or hesitant because I don't want her to get injured again. Like, I, this feels a lot better, and she's thinking it's a lot of stress, man. No, she has a no, no. My understanding is she's been completely cleared. Um, you know, I don't know what procedure she did or what type of rehab she did or anything like that. What the hell do I know? I'm not a doctor. Uh, but, um, I mean, everybody knew what the problem was. It was just a question of what she was going to do about it. Um, she decided not to have surgery for it. And, uh, there are no, other I'm... ways to treat, there are other ways to treat stuff like that. If, if she's a hundred percent and she's come back and then, and she's hundred percent, that's fine. But if she's saying she's okay, I'm good with that. I just don't want her to be like, well, you know, my neck was bothering me. And I'd be like, dude, then why didn't you she... get it? It's it's not what she said. What she said is that she's clear. Okay. Well, right, I, so I treated the same, I treated the same way I treat with anybody else. You say you're clear and you're ready to go, then you win or lose. Well, we're going to see her. We're going to see her. I think in uh, September or October. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see. How, we'll see how it is. But I, I'm just putting that out there in the beginning. If, if you feel like there's something where your injury that serious will put limitations on your game then you need to make sure that's 100%. Because if it's not, you came back. Whatever happens is, is your decision. You're in control of this. So, All right. You got anything else you want to talk about, or is that it? No, sir. I'm good. Okay. Uh, again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast, which I did on Tuesday. If you have any questions or comments for my blog or either of my podcasts, you can leave them in Anchor's voicemail. Or if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.